So the sound to me, even though we had it a couple of weeks ago, the sound to me is like a mountaintop experience. You know, how many of you could kind of relate to this? It was like a youth camp for adults. You know what I'm saying? We just had, if you missed it, I'm sorry you missed it. Come next year. But it's just like a mountaintop experience. But there's something peculiar about a mountaintop experience. How many know that you don't typically build your house on top of a mountain? Anybody ever seen a house on top of Everest? You, you, you know, it's, it's very difficult, even on top of Hood and Rainier and so forth and so on. You don't live on top of the mountain, but when you're on top of the mountain, it does a few things. You know, you're able to see again. Say that with me, see again. You're able to hear again. You're, you're able to dream again. Come on, refresh again. God comes and he, he just blows upon us while we're on top of the mountain. And it just renews our, our thoughts. God can bring clarity to our mind. We can hear the voice of God again. That's why it's called the sound. The sound above all sounds, above all the Facebook sounds and all of TV and all the media and all the school and education and, and work and all the sounds of this earth. There is a sound above all those sounds and it's the voice of God. That's what we call the conference, the sound, tapping in to the sound above all sounds. God wants you to hear his sound and that's why we do that. We're a prophetic church and that's not a spooky thing. Well, prophecy means to speak forth the word of God, and that's who we are. We're a prophetic church. We want to hear the sound. We want to echo the sound. We want to resound the sound. We want to preach the sound. We want to be a prophetic church, but that doesn't give us permission to be weird, amen? amen. You know, I'm allergic to weird Christians. <laughs> I love you because I have to, but I'm still allergic to weird Christians, you know what I'm saying? So don't be weird. Tell your neighbor right now, don't be weird. So a prophetic word, guess what? It has to line up with the word of God. Now, you, you didn't hear that. A prophetic word has to line up with the word of God. Amen. There's no weird Christians here, and I'm very thankful for that. Hallelujah. Right? All weird, stand up. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Carrie's a little, you know, he's according to his own. I still love you, Carrie. He rides a trike. Amen. <laughs> Wonderful. If... We have the word of God, then why do we need the prophetic word? And I want to share that with you today. Exodus 14.1 says, very simple, God spoke to Moses. God spoke to Moses. God wants to speak to Vincent. God wants to speak to Jesse. God wants to speak to Carrie. God wants to speak to all the bald-headed guys at the church, all the guys that has a beard. God wants to speak to you. It's not just generally speaking. God has great things that he wants to say to you intentionally. God wants to speak to you intimately. Uh, not intimately. That's two words. Intimately and intentionally. Sometimes I try to throw those two words together and like in Eureka, I used to work construction. I came up with a word called durst. And durst was dust and dirt together would get in my eyes. My eyes would be full of durst. So it's kind of my own vocabulary. You follow me? But God wants to speak specifically to you. Say this with me. God, God wants, to speak, wants to speak to me. To me. 
So the sound is something that we just intentionally put on because God wants to intentionally speak to you. He has good, how many know he's a good, good father? Not because we sing a song, but because he's a good, good father. And this good, good father has very good things that he wants to say to you. You may have a wrong perception of the father, but I got news for you. He's a good, good father, and he has great things to say to you. He wants to speak to your future. He wants to speak to your destiny. He wants to tell you of his love towards you by his Holy Spirit. That's why we do things like the sound. And that's why I'm even preaching today the resound, the, the echo of the sound. It's important. I know that my wife and my son and my daughter and my son-in-law, I know they love me. But I like to hear it from them. Are you following me? You know that God loves you because the Bible says so. But when God gets all up in your grill in the presence of his Holy Spirit and he speaks very intentionally right to you right then and there, so real, it's different. Like I like to hunt and so I'll be on a trail and I know I'm going the right way, but it's very, very, uh, gives me great confidence when I pull out my GPS or my topographical map and my compass and it tells me I'm going the right way. To me, that's like the sound, the prophetic voice. You're on the trail, but God comes to confirm his word. He comes to build you up, to exhort you and to encourage you and to remind you that he knows you and he's in love with you and on and on and on. Will someone say the resound? God speaks through prophets, and he has, just like he did here. You may say, well, J.O., I didn't get an intentional word. No one said Chad. Well, I want to let you know that you still have an intentional word because God spoke over our church that this is a year of favor. Somebody say favor. favor. You need to grab that individually. The favor of God's upon my life. Say that with me. I have favor with God. Say it again. You need to believe that. I have favor with God. How many know that's good? That's very real. The prophets also spoke that this would be a year of salvation for Art of the City Church. Amen. Friends of yours are going to get saved. Yeah. Family members of you, those that you thought would never get saved, you're like, they're on the highway to hell. Well, God's going to turn them around. They're going to be on the stairway to heaven. You know why? Because this is a year of salvation. You might see some of the closest people in your life, go and get water baptized because they get born again. Why? Because the word of the Lord came to us saying, this is the year of salvation. I remember when Mark Strong, who used to be an elder in the church, a translocal elder, he's a, a pastor in Portland Life Change Christian Center. He came and he had a word for Heart of the City Church. And the word was he saw buildings and he saw land. Are you following that? Guess where you're setting? In a buildings and land. See, see, God comes and he uses prophets. He uses men. And it's such a wonderful thing. And he's done it for centuries. He's done it throughout mankind. Hebrews, 12, uh, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, through the message, it says this. Go, go ahead, get your Bibles out. I know you got them, right? I'll give you a little time. Some of you cheat and you're like, I'm just going to fake it. I like I got a Bible when I really don't. Don't cheat. I'm not going to let you always cheat on the sky Bible. Like today, I'm only putting up just about four or five verses maybe because you, I don't want you cheating. You need to bring your Bible, right? 
Is that good? Okay, bring them so you can thumb through it, find it. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, even though I'm speaking out of the message, it says, going through a long line of prophets. See, God has used prophets for years and centuries. It says this, God has been addressing our ancestors in different ways for centuries. Say that with me, centuries. For hundreds and hundreds of years, God has used prophets. Recently, he spoke to us directly through his son. Guess who that is? Jesus. By his son, God created the world in the beginning, and it will all belong to the son at the end. Today, I want to talk to you about, if you got a keychain, will you pull it out real quick? Pull out your pocket, out of your pocketbook, purse, whatever you want to call it. In the South, it's called a pocketbook. I think you call it something different in, in the great Northwest, right? You got your, you got your keychain. I want to put four keys on your keychain today, four spiritual keys when it comes to the resound, when it comes to the sound. What do we do with the sound, J.O.? How is it going to, why don't we just forget about it because it was already two weeks ago. I can't even remember anything. Why is the sound so important? I want to talk to you about the resound and I want to talk to you four keys to put on your keychain today. The first one is this. Number one, listen. Will you say that word with me, listen? I looked up the definition of listen. I didn't try to go search for a special definition. I just went to the very first definition. And the very first definition of listen is this. Give one's attention to a sound. Give one attention, one's attention to a sound. God wants you to tap in to his sound, his voice. Not just in January for three days. God wants you to tap into his sound throughout the years. God wants you to tap into the resound. What is he echoing? What is he saying? You say, J.O., I don't hear the voice of God. That does not mean that he's not speaking. Amen. God spoke in Genesis. He spoke in Leviticus and Exodus and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges and Ruth and Daniel and Proverbs and Psalms and jail. I don't, I don't hear his voice. Do you read his word? Do you read his word? Because if you read his word, you're going to hear his voice. The word of God is alive and is his voice. When you're praying, you're talking to him. When you're reading God's word, he's talking to you. And you need to get the word of God in your heart so you can understand and know the voice of God. He wants you. Just because you're not hearing, it doesn't mean that he's not speaking. It's like riding down the road. If you don't have your radio on, you're not going to hear it. If you don't have the CD player on, you're not going to hear it. If you don't have your cassette tape player on, we don't know what that is, J.O. Well, I can even go old school. If you don't have your eight-track tape player on, you're not going to hear the Eagles. All right? I go old school with you. We can go reel to reel. I'm pretty old, okay? My point is, is that you got to turn it on. You got to turn it on. God is speaking, and you got to turn it on. You need to focus in, get that signal in on that AM radio. He wants to speak to you. He is speaking this day. He wants to speak to his people. We need to do this. Everyone say, listen. Give me your good ear this morning. Give me your good ear. Give me your prophetic ear this morning. He wants to speak to us. 2 Chronicles 24, 19 says, Yet he sent prophets to them 
to bring them back to the Lord. God is always trying to ooh us back. He's trying to get us back. It's easy to get off the, the skinny path. How many of you know that? Oh, there's three of you that can bear witness to that this morning. All through the Old Testament, God's trying to get his, 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 his people, the people of God, back. He sends prophets to get them back. It's easy to, to kind of sway off the, 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 the skinny path. He says, to bring them back to the Lord. And they testified against him. But look, look, look at this. But they would not. Go with me, church. But they would not. They wouldn't listen. There's not a whole lot of things have changed to this day. We try to do things without listening. Come on, I was uh, in the Canadian bush, and I turned on Topher and Jamie's word that was over them. I had videoed some of it. And just listening to their prophetic word, it began to do something in my heart. It wasn't even directed at me. But I could just feel the presence of God and the life in it. I think I began to kind of weep, you know, out there in the bush. And it was like, wow, why? Because of the anointing and the voice of God and the life that's involved in it and the destiny and the future and all the, it's kind of kind of, a word will come and kickstart your dreamer again. It's a beautiful thing. Let us not be like those of old that when God sends prophets that we won't listen. God wants us to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. God wants to bring us back. He wants to draw us closer. He wants to speak to us. He wants to thrust us into the future. No matter if the sound is over with, God still has more for you. Will you believe that with me today? If you don't believe it, it's not going to do you any good. If you say, yes, God has more for me. I want to let you know your faith be it unto you. He has more for you. Can you say more with me? He has more for you. The prophetic word comes and it comes into our ear. It goes into our heart. And all of a sudden he gives us our heart's desire. There's something so powerful when desire and passion, the prophetic, prophetic word comes and the purpose of God comes in our life. When those things begin to cross like passion and purpose, then all of a sudden, right in the midst of that, we hit our destiny in life. We find out what is our, the unadulterated destiny. Why am I sucking air on earth? God puts that desire inside of you. That's, that passion springs forth. And then all of a sudden you realize, this is my destiny. Psalms 81, 13 says, oh, that my people would. Y'all going to go with me today, church? Y'all going to preach back at me? Oh, let's try it again. Oh, that my people would. Listen. Some of y'all need to listen this morning. <laughs> Come on, go with me. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. The first key on your chain is listen. Listen. Listen to what God wants to speak to you today and, and this week. And maybe you need to go back get on the internet and, and listen to the prophetic words that was given to you individually or the prophetic words that was given to the church. But oh, that my people would listen. Listen to what the Spirit has to say to you and I. The second key is believe. Will you say that with me, believe? believe. How many of you know that believing is probably very, very, very important? Believe. Second Chronicles 20, 20, if you have your Bible, turn there. 
You are going to be able to cheat. It is going to be behind me. I would like you to see it in your own Bible because it's powerful. It speaks of believing. Let me give you the, the background for just a moment. Uh, say this with me, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's a king. These nations are coming against them. Going to try to wipe them off the, the, the map. And Jehoshaphat, you know, the Bible says he feared and he began to set his face to seek and fast. And he began to do the right things. How many of you know if you do seek God, you will find him? And so he says this, but I'm going to kind of do things backwards. I'm going to, I want to read first of all about believing, and then I'm going to skip and go, well, what exactly did Jehoshaphat have to believe, and where did that come from? Are you following me? So first of all, he says this to the people. He says, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and be, and you shall be established. That's a great word right there. Some of these folks getting water baptized today, you know, they're doing that because they believe. If your life is all over the place, I want to encourage you, if you need a firm foundation, if you need to be established, you know, at the end of this service, you don't know Jesus Christ. You came to the right place, baby. Because you can, get it, you can begin getting established on the rock of Jesus Christ today. Hear me, O Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. That's the first believing. Look at the second believing. Believe in his prophets, and you shall be prosper believing the message says this they were up early in the morning ready to march into the wilderness of Tekoa and as they were leaving Jehoshaphat stood and said listen Judah and Jerusalem listen to what I have to say believe firmly in your God in God your God and your lives will be firm believe in your prophets and look at this and you'll come out on top believe we need to believe in the Lord, amen? amen? We need to believe some of the things I already said, that he has good things to speak to you about. We need to believe that he's creator and maker and that he's all-powerful. You can have peace in believing in him. You, you need to believe that he's for you. Just say that with me, God is for me. Say, say it again, God is for me. Some of you need to hear that today, that he's for you. He's not against you. He's not against you. No matter what you've been through, been beat down, what authority has said, whoever's hurt you in your life, I want to let you know the maker of the heavens and the earth is for you. He loves you. He's for you. You need to hear that. I want you to know the day that he's your healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah. He is the Lord God who heals. What does he heal? Everything and anything. Psalms 103 Here's a benefit of serving God. He forgives all your sins and he heals all of your diseases. That's the Bible. If it's Old Testament, how much more when Jesus come and did what he did, is it for you in the New Testament? Jay, I don't, I don't believe that, Jay. Because Jesus already died. He already went to heaven. So you're saying to me, Jesus is not the same yesterday and today and forever. I think he is. 
No, let me back that up for a minute. I know he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what did they have to believe? Now here comes the prophetic word. Here's the, the prophet comes out here. Jehoshaphat, he has all the people seeking God. And, you know, they're about to get wiped off the map. And they're crying out to God. What does God do? God sends a prophet. And this is what he was telling them to believe. This is what it says. Second Chronicles 20, 14 through 17 says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the Asaph in the midst of the assembly and said, listen, all you Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of the great multitude, for the battle is not yours. Wow. That's for somebody in here today. The battle's still not yours. Oh, it is if you take it on, but I'd rather have God fight my battles. How about you? And you know, by the way, God plus you is a majority, so you're good. Do not be afraid nor despaid because the great multitude for the battle is not yours. It's God's, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the accent of Ziz, and that's not a drink. And you'll find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerol. You will not need to fight in the battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Come on, say, he's with me. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Now, that was what Jehoshaphat got up the next morning and said, believe in the Lord and be established. Believe in the prophet, that prophecy, and you will prosper. You're going to end up on top. Guess what they did? They believed these crazy Jehoshaphat people put out worshipers in front of their, their people, worshipers, playing maybe a flute or tambourine or whatever they had. And as they worshiped God, you know what God did? He wiped out their enemies. He ambushed. You know why we worship church? There's powerful things that take place in worship. God comes in the midst of our worship. J.O., you guys are just loud. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. I got I to gotta warn you. I'm trying to get you ready for heaven. You think, you think heaven is like, yay. Heaven's so loud, like a rushing mighty wind or, or water, I think it speaks of it. It's so loud 24-7. And we're only talking about worship 20 minutes here. Come on, 24-7. There's no electricity in heaven. You know why? Because God is the power. He's the light. You're going to work. Jail, we're going to, am I going to be bored worshiping 24-7? You will never be bored. You'll say, more Lord. More Lord. More Lord. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Fall on your face. Throw down your crowns. Wow, that's for free. It's not even in my notes. <laughs> Say that with me, believe. believe. Believe today. Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. 
But the things which are seen are temporal. Temporal. But the things which are unseen are eternal. See, a prophetic word is something that speaks to the future in your life. You could say, Jail, that prophet prophesied, and, and I just I can't wrap my, my mind around that because that's just not who I am right now. But you got to remember that's who you are right now because you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere huh, in the future huh, and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere in the future and you, yes, you are. That's what a prophetic word does. A prophetic, prophetic word does that. I'll be like Miriam dancing with a tambourine in just a minute. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you need to read the Bible. <laughs> Years ago, Radian and I, we didn't have children at the time, just got married, snuck into a prophetic meeting. Why I say snuck in? Because it was for singles and we were married. And we, we go there and the prophets called me out and had a word for me. Well, you know what? That's probably 30 years ago. That word to today still impacts my life. Why? Because I believe it. I believed the word. Radine and I were in another meeting with Tracy Armstrong called, I think it was called Snow, was it called SnowQuest, babe? Something like that? SnowQuest. And all of a sudden, Tracy has a word that somebody in this room uh, has cancer in a female organ. And the only person that was in there with that was my wife and Tracy Armstrong. I barely knew Tracy at the time, began to gave a word to Ray Dean that absolutely contradicted what the doctors were saying. Guess what we had to do? We had to believe the word. We had to believe in the Lord. We had to believe the prophet and prosper. Can somebody say believe? believe. I'm, I love doctors, love doctors of all kinds. Matter of fact, Eric, you know, I was up in Canada, eh? And I met this gentleman named Johan, and you'll love Johan. I got a picture with me and him, and he, he's a surgeon that wants to go on the medical, he wants to go on the fields and teach other surgeons how to do things in the, you know, like in Africa and Ethiopia and different places, how to do surgery. He's a great guy. I love, I love surgeons. I love doctors of all kinds, you know, you know, but I love Jesus more. And I love God's, I'm going to believe the word of the Lord over any doctor. I'm not going to get on the internet and go, oh my goodness, I got to say, okay, if I do this, if, I, if I'm tired or if I have a headache or a, by the way, you get those quite often. Doesn't mean that you're dying. Are you feeling me? Get in the word more than the internet. Amen. Believe the word, believe the Lord, believe the prophet and prosper. Number three, third key on your chain. Somebody say wage. You need to sometimes with the word that God gives you, even individually to yourself, or if a prophet calls, or God speaks to you through his word, you wage a good warfare with that word. You wait, you stand on that word. Listen to what Paul tells his son in the Lord, Timothy. He says this, 1 Timothy 1.18, this, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to, look, look, look According to the prophecies, we said that with me. Prophecies, they did that back in that day. Guess where it came from? From the Bible. Timothy had a word over his life. Who gave it to him? Prophets. Paul recognized this. He says, 
according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, like Stephen, Stephen, wave at me, according to the prophecies concerning you, going to be on the mission field, evangelism, you, you believe that word, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you wage the good warfare. The enemy comes and says, oh, you're having a bad day. Your life sucks. You're never going on the mission field. What are you going to do? You're no, and you stand on the word of God. No, this is what the Lord said to me. I wage a good warfare with the word concerning my life. That we're going to see this come to pass. Proverbs 20:18 says, plans are established by counsel. Guess who the great counselor is? Holy Spirit. Guess where he lives? Inside you. He better live inside you. If he doesn't live inside you, we have a problem, Houston. You need to get saved today. By wise counsel, wage a good war. When that word came to Ray Dean's life, we had to go get another doctor's test from a specialist in the Tumor Institute in Boise. We walk in there. Doctor really didn't want to give it to us. He didn't have a really good attitude. Please, sir, how are you going to tell a doctor you got a prophetic word of knowledge and I need to get a, because the prophet says you got two tests, you need to get a third test. Hey, we just need a test. Radine gets the test. On a Friday, he goes, takes it to the chemist, got enough cells, we're going to call you on Monday. Let me tell you what we did from Friday to Monday. We waged a good warfare. You think, oh, you had a word, Jay. It was simple. No, it wasn't simple. Because I had the doctor in this year, and I had the prophetic word in this year. The doctor's wasn't a good, gloomy, doomy hopeless. Not, not a whole lot of, not, not, not hopeless, but not very good. Are you feeling me? But the word in the, in this year was very hopeful, very full of future miracle and life. Are you feeling me? We had a warfare going over that week. And I remember calling Tracy Armstrong, which I didn't know very well, found him. I said, Tracy, did you hear from the Lord? He never stuttered. He said, did you get the third test? I heard from God. Believe the prophet and prosper. If you've been around, you know the rest of the story. We waged a good warfare. And then all of a sudden we got a, the word on Monday that Radine was cancer free. And it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. How many of you remember the, the game, the game Battleship? F1, hit. G3, hit. You sunk my battleship. When we first planted this church 10 and a half years ago, it felt a little bit like that. Hit and hit. And guess who was trying to sink heart of the city church? the devil. And he uses people to do that. It was just absolutely amazing. 
amazing what we went through. But we had to war a good warfare. We had to wage a good warfare. What did we wage with? God spoke to us very specifically out of Jeremiah chapter 1. God spoke to us very specifically out of Deuteronomy 8. We had the prophetic voice over us that we had a little CD that we would listen to. We waged a good warfare with the word of God. Are you following me? If Jesus said, it is written. If the devil said, it is written. Guess who else needs to say, it is written. Say me. Everyone say me. You need to say me. Because if Jesus said it's written, devil says it's written, you better know, you better be able to say it's written. Why? Out of the full armor of Jesus Christ, the only one that's offensive weapon is the sword that moves you forward. You go, J.O., I just can't say that it's written because I don't know any other written word in my heart. I don't got it. You better get it in your heart. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to thy word. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises a standard. I'm telling you, I've seen the enemy come in. He doesn't come in to play patty cakes and winkies with you. Is that the right word, winkies? What are they called? What are they called? Tiddlywinks. What's cool is you knew exactly what I was talking about. How many of you remember Lord of the Rings? Remember the archer? Legolas? Legolas, that brother would just... just. And sometimes, wasn't it at times where there would be two arrows? I want to let you know the devil doesn't go... That hurt a little bit. He's like this. Oh, two arrows. He'll give you a thought, and then the other ear, he'll say, why did you think that? Why? Because he's a, he's a condemner. He's an accuser. He'll go, you're like, wow. And then he'll put doubt in your heart, try to confuse you, condemn you, shame, guilt. You need to be able to separate What is you and what is your thoughts? Because sometimes your thoughts are not you. And your feelings are not you. If I live by my feelings, I better go on and go to heaven. Because I don't always have good feelings. But Jesus is more than feelings. Like Boston used to say, more than a feeling. It's more than a feeling. I can't attach my feelings to God and say, well, God, you feel this way about me because I feel this way today. That's, that's, that can be a live enemy. Yeah. Are you feeling me today? That's all free. That's all free. Wage a good warfare. Finally, the last one. Can I finish the fourth key? Are you okay with that? Anyone, if you need to leave, you can leave. No one's leaving. Okay, fourth key. Because I'm out of time, but I just, I want to give you the fourth key because I did it in all the other services. Fourth key, number four, key of endurance. That word in the Greek is hypermony or hupomony. It's a powerful word. Bear with me for a minute. It means cheerful. It means endurance. It means consistency, continuance, 
Um, Elijah had a word that the rain was going to come. What's cool is that Elijah prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Then he got a word saying it was going to rain, but he didn't see it come to pass yet. And I want to let you know between 1 Kings 18.1 and the end of Kings 18 when it happened, that guy had to, listen to me, he had to listen. He had to believe. He went through a warfare, you guys. He had all these false prophets that came against him, and he calls fire down from heaven, and then all of a sudden it was revealed they were all false prophets, and they all got slayed, and that all these things are taking place. He, I mean, Elijah had need of endurance. He had need of hoopamony, and um, this is, let me read a little bit of the scripture, verse Kings 18, 41 through 44 says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. He only heard the sound, listen, but he didn't see the rain. He just only heard the sound. Look what he does. He had a word from God. He heard a sound, but he still had to get involved to see the word come to pass. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. Uh, look where Elijah goes. It's really cool. Elijah went up on top of Carmel. Everyone say a mountain. Look what he does. Then he bowed down on the ground, and he put his face between his knees. That's a birthing position. He's praying. He's he had a word from God, but yet he's still going to pray it into existence, and he's still going to birth it into existence. Though he had a word, God still used him to bring it to pass. He said to his servants, go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand. Just a little cloud rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. And then the rain did come. But listen to this. Sometimes you get a word from God and you might need to put your head between your knees and pray it into existence. You may need to birth it. You may, may need to wait on God. You have need of endurance. You need to have hoopamony. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. How many of you remember Joseph? Y'all with me? Joseph had prophetic dreams. He saw his mom and dad and his brothers bowing to him. Do you know how long it took before those prophetic dreams came to fruition? J.O., I got a word two weeks ago from the prophets and it has not come to pass. <laughs> two weeks, two whole weeks. Right here, jail. Joseph had prophetic dreams and it didn't come to pass. My calculation was 17 years. Another gentleman told me last night that his calculation was 22 years. So let's just say between 17 and 22 years did it take for the word of the Lord to come to pass in Joseph's life. Are you following me? Let me tell you what the Bible says about this. Psalms 105, 17 through 19. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until, look, 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 
until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. For 17 to 22 years, the word of God tested him. Those dreams, those prophetic words, test. What's that word test mean? It means to fuse, to refine. It means to cast. It means to purge, goldsmith, founder, pure, away, try. All those things. How about Abraham? Abraham had a word from the Lord. Abraham, his name's Abram at the time. I want you to go outside, Abram. I want you to look up at the heavens. You see the stars? He's like, yeah. So your descendants will be a prophetic word. Can you imagine Abram? He's like, man, the brother's about 100 years old. It's like, I don't even have one kid. And you're giving me this prophetic word that I'm going to have. My descendants is going to be like the stars of the sky. How many times do we put God in a little box? And guess what we sing today? Father Abraham had many sons, had many sons did Father Abraham. And right? You're a descendant of Abraham. You're a descendant of Abraham. That word came to pass. But it took hoopamony. It took hoop. I mean, wow. Stephen, the word will come to pass. Might take hoopamony. I think about the Link family. Zach, where are you at, Zach? Right there. Word will come to pass. He's going to be a Stephen Furtick on the West Coast. Blooming shines on and on and on. Stand to your feet. The resound. Listen. Believe. You may have to wage a good warfare. And endure. We'll take endurance. A little bit of hoopamony.